0: Cal McNally here, welcome to Screening for Meaning. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Screening for Meaning. Thank you again for joining us this week. We're really excited to talk to you about what we have this week. The movie we're reviewing is called Jackass Forever. It came out in 2002, this February. Uh, the director is Jeff Tremaine and is produced by Jeff Tremaine, Spike Jones, and Johnny Knoxville. And it it's starring Steve-O... Johnny Knoxville and the entire crew as themselves. There's no characters in this movie except for the characters of the people in real life. They're not using a pseudonym or, or playing a role, they're actually themselves. And if you're not familiar with this franchise, uh, it's been around for a while. It started out as a TV show on MTV in the year 2000, and then it came out with their first movie in 2002. And they've had a uh, bunch of movies since then and some TV shows and a Shark Week special. It's been a very popular series, uh, perhaps better than the Marvel Universe. Some are saying, some are saying, I've heard it. But this series, uh, wh- kind of what the gist is, is this group of of all guys, and there there is introduced a, a new crew in this uh, latest one. We'll talk about that later. But all guys, and they do these ridiculous, uh, self, sometimes self mutilating. Tricks and uh, hijinks and pranks and put themselves in these ridiculous situations. as kind of a skit style presentation. So there's no unifying plot or themes or storyline. It's just a bunch of skits and uh, dangerous stunts performed back to back to back. And it's been that way since 2000. And it's a very interesting uh, way of shooting a movie because there's not a lot of movies like that. Most movies are not in a skit. Style format, not really. You know, that's when you think about a movie. You know, let's think about it, that's more of like a TV show, right? So you know this going into the Jackass movie forever. This movie's called Jackass Forever. You know what you're getting, uh, but, and you, but you know you're not going to get the traditional movie. But that's okay because you're mostly very familiar with this. How the how these guys work, and actually how what kind of people they are. You know how how they approach these stunts. What kind of crazy stunts they're do, do, done in the past. And then perhaps you're excited to see what they're going to do this time. And that's kind of the, the gist of these shows. They're always trying to up the ante, right? Always trying to, to do it bigger, badder, louder, more painful than the last time they shot it. So uh, it's been around for a while and it's a bunch of very loyal fans. I think, I think people seek out this type of content they enjoy. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. We're talking the culture and what this says about our culture. When you look at the Jackass franchise, it's been around for a long time, but it's been incredibly popular for a long time. And why is something that doesn't have a plot or a story and is actually, and I'll be honest, not very emotionally or mentally taxing. It's not hard to follow what's going on. You see these gruesome acts, these incredible stunts, obviously, obviously beautifully shot. The budget is, is great for this film. They have, they go to a bunch of different locations, a bunch of different sets, Every set of characters have these intricate costumes. And the artwork, it's very funny and well, well edited and well written, well organized, of course. But it's not hard to follow what's going on. We, you just see what's happening on the screen. and you're, You can admire the absurdity of it and the pain these people are going through. To give you an example, there's one act where a bear is released in a room to one of the characters as he's, he's l- slathered up in honey. And the bear is sniffing around and licking him. And of course, it's a bear with these razor sharp claws. And just when it's about to probably cut him up, they pull the bear out. And it's funny because you can see his reaction. He knows he's not going to be in really danger. They can pull the bear when the when it gets too close. But you can feel the tension. You can feel his fear. And it, it, it is funny in this way because you know he's safe. And so it's okay to laugh at. But why is this exciting? Why is this, this edge, this content that's, it's not hard to understand, but it is still shocking and entertaining. Why is that exciting to watch? Why is that something people are willing to pay money for, go to a theater to see? I think, especially in this year, but also since 2000, since this year, since that time, that 22 year period, I think people really are looking for something that they can Enjoy without feeling preached at or talked to. And uh, and I was thinking about this. If you remember during the COVID-19 pandemic, which it looks like hopefully we're at the tail end of here. If you remember certain news networks, there were many who did this, but every day, no matter what topic they were talking about, there was a death counter on the side with the up to, up to the minute update of many people who had died from the COVID-19 virus. I want you to imagine what that does to the human mind, to the human spirit as every day, no matter what you're wanting to watch the news for, whatever reason, the first thing you see is the death all around you. What, what's that going to do to you? I think I think, for me, I would seek out something lighthearted, something that's not going to talk to me about how I should act, how I should behave, how fearful I, I should be. I want to watch something that's a little bit, I don't know, maybe dulling, maybe something where I, okay, for this two hours, I'm not going to think about the things that are going on around me. I'm going to watch this content because it makes me laugh and it makes me feel good. And obviously to an extreme, that's not good, right? You have to be involved in the world. You have to understand what's going on around you. Sometimes the world is a very sad and dark place and you have to reckon with that. And of course there's a, there's a place for that. And I think it's probably, we don't reckon with enough actually, but. There, for sure, of course, there must be a place where you can go, where you can say, I'm going to put those things away for a little bit, put them in a box in the corner, and I'm going to enjoy this time with myself and watch something that maybe pushes the brink of what I'm comfortable with. Maybe it looks at something in a way I haven't seen it before or puts someone who I know, who I've built a relationship with as a viewer over 22 years, puts them in an uncomfortable situation. And I think about... Ooh, okay, I like this person, but I don't know how they're going to get out of this one. Oh, he's in the ring with a live bull? <laughs> I hope he's okay. We're going to find out and see. I guess we're going to see here. He's <laughs> he's covering himself in bees? You know, and these, and these are the type of skits that you see on this these jackass shows. They've been doing for a very long time, shot out of a cannon. So I think what it says about our culture is that Despite everything going on, there needs to be some space, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast before, but there needs to be some space where you can express ideas or explore things that are not necessarily related to the sadness or the drudgery of life around you. I think it's so refreshing, people, to see someone doing something stupid. I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, I was at a family, we always watched America's Funniest Home Videos on ABC, and <laughs> it's not the same as as Jackass Forever, right, it means, but it still was a place where it wasn't about the news. It wasn't about how hard your job was. It wasn't about the problems that you're having with your family or your boss or your kids. It was about, all right, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch these funny home recorded clips. And we're going to enjoy them together. And the, at the end, this audience will pick the, the best one. That was the concept. But it's the same thing. You get to see something you don't see normally every day. Someone put in a ridiculous situation. And it's okay to laugh at because you know they're safe. But I think there's needs be a space for that in the culture, and I think that's what Jackass has been exploring for 22 years. These guys are funny, and they're, <laughs> you know, they're willing to put themselves through a lot of misery to make this content, and we all appreciate it for sure. But I think it's so incredible to look at something like this and see that it doesn't have, like I said, it doesn't have a plot, but it's so popular. And that's really cool, I think. And not a lot of movies are willing to do that. Not a lot of movies are willing to take that risk. I don't think people would be willing to do some of the things that, and that's the concept, right? Most people are not willing to do what Jackass does, but you can live vicariously through them. You can see what they're doing and say, okay, that's my guy. That's Johnny Knoxville. And he's going to get in the ring with a bull. I can't, but I can kind of feel a little bit of that edge, a little bit of that touch with something unknown, something cool, and that's an that's excellent way explore something outside the drudgery of your daily life. Switching gears, and a lot of people when they're reviewing this movie, they like to comment on the absurdity right of these acts. The things they're doing are ridiculous. And these stunts are incredibly well put together and well made, well crafted to, to make sure the maximum comedy value is abstracted. But I think my favorite scene of the film was not actually one of the scenes where they were doing something ridiculous, like getting in a small room with a with a bear. My favorite scene was when, towards the end of the movie, uh, Johnny Knoxville, who is, like I said, is the producer and director and one of the main creators of this franchise since the beginning. He's been there for the entire time, and this is the last one. So they kind of, were, were, we're kind of getting ready to send him off, right? And one of his classic skits is to get in the ring with a bull and take the charge of a bull. And, of course, that's what he does. The fans the fans love this one. He's done it a billion times. But this time, he gets here with the bull and is flipped over, and it comes down really hard, which, of course, if you're surprised that happened, you, <laughs> you are not paying attention. That's what bulls do, right? But for a moment... And and they and they shot this perfectly. For a moment, there's this—he's laying on the ground. He's unconscious. The rodeo clowns are willing to get able to get the bull away, so he's not like trampled or anything. But he's laying unconscious on the ground, and his body's in a weird, painful position. And you're seeing this, and you're actually for maybe the first time in the movie, you're really like, oh, shoot, is, is he going to be okay? Man, I don't I don't know. He's, he's Johnny Knoxville's no spring chicken at this point. He's been doing this for 22 years, taking brutal shots for 22 years and now he's here and he's in the ground in the dirt. Is this how it's going to end? Is this how it's going to go out? Johnny Knoxville hurt. And you know, there's a shot of his friends, including Steve-O. has been another one who's been there since the beginning. And you're, you're sitting there and you're wondering, you know, is he going to be okay? And you can see the concern in the director's eyes. In Steve-O's eyes and the other crew members' eyes is I, ah, you know, I don't know. That looked really bad, and for a, for a brief moment, you can kind of feel their pain and their camaraderie. They're, you, you, they've done these things together for so long; they've pushed each other. Right. That's one of the main concepts of the show. Every every skit, the the rest of the crew tries to get the member who's involved in the ridiculous act, like the uh, airbag sofa. They try to put the smallest guy on the airbag sofa, so he goes up the highest, right? They want to make every trick and every, every skit as intense as possible. So that's part of the MO of the show. But at this point now, they wonder, they sit for a second, and they realize, I don't know, maybe we pushed it too far. Maybe Johnny Knoxville should not have gone with the bull this time. But then Johnny Knoxville's okay. They get him up, and he broke some bones, and he's severely concussed. But he survives and is able to complete the rest of the film. But you can see for a moment the camaraderie that had been formed in doing brutal and difficult things. Something about doing hard things together makes people connect in a way that they otherwise probably couldn't be. I'm sure you've known or noticed in your life, if you're in a team or a group or some kind of project together and it's difficult or you struggle or you make everybody makes a mistake or something happens that makes it hard to finish but you find a way to get it done as a group forever you could see that person in 20 years and have a, a interesting comment comment or a conversation or ah remember when that thing happened everybody has an experience like this and I think it was so cool to see that kind of come to life through these characters by the way we don't know I don't know who they are, but you could see the human emotion in when they were having real fear about their friend. I wonder if this is something as I was thinking about this movie as a society, as a culture, that we can develop. Something we could use to make our world and our country a better place. A lot of people are very especially in the COVID era, a lot of people are very isolated. They don't do a lot of hard things a and I don't do a lot of things together they're kind of they're I'm kind of pushing away the difficult things and I'm going to stay in my little box literally and eat and just pick up the food I'm not going to walk out and have to interact with someone I'm going to order something on my phone I'm not going to go to the store and try something on I'm not going to go especially to a youth group or a club or volunteer are you kidding me I'm going to stay here and there's something about the loss of that. I think I think people need difficult experiences. And I think they need to experience it with the group so they can, can do it. I think sometimes if you're going to do something hard and you do it alone and you're struggling, what do you do? You're alone. You don't have anybody to lean on or a skill that someone else had who can help you. But if you're with a group and you're doing something hard, you can say, hey, I really need help with this or hey, this is tough or... You know, you can you know convey that somehow to someone you're doing a group with. You're you're in the group with, but um, when you're alone, you can't do that. And so I think we're, we've missed something in these last couple of years that I think was present in a larger way a long time ago. But even before the pandemic, and now I think it's almost gone. And when you're when you're thinking about how do I how do I make myself a better person? How do I improve an aspect of my character? How do I develop a skill? The best way, of course, is to take a class or talk to someone about learning that thing. If, you're, if, if you want to learn something, of course, you could research it yourself. But then what are you going to do? You're going to watch a YouTube video of someone else talking to you about it. Why wouldn't you skip that step? Go talk to someone in real life if you can. Do something hard together so you both can get a benefit at the end and you'll both be better for it. I think this movie does a great job of showing that, and I don't think it intends to. They're not trying to show the importance of difficult group activities, but it comes out as clear as day. And then once you do get past that difficult period, now you're forever bonded. And then what you do afterward, you know so much about these people already right? So you've seen them at their worst at the time they're struggling, and in this, in the case of Jackass Forever, you've seen these people for 22 years, you've seen them in pain, in fear, in shock. They they put them, so one of the characters in the movie was afraid of spiders, so of course he had to do a scene with the spider. So when you're around these people and you, they've seen you at your at your most vulnerable, you build, form a connection with them that Nothing else can form your all your barriers that you put up in your everyday life about, I, you know, I want to be perceived this way, right? I want people to think about me this way. That all goes away when you're scared and fearful. That's when the real you comes out. And, and by the way, they only, not only they know you better, but you know yourself better because you've seen yourself and how you react to those difficult things. So then after, once you climb that hill together, but you've accomplished that task, you both know each other better. you know yourself better, and you can create something better. And that's why I think a large part of the do has to do with the success of this franchise. They know exactly the everybody in the group's limits. They know exactly how far they're willing to push, when they need to be pushed, when they need to be held back for maybe doing something too crazy. And that's an amazing thing. And you can really feel it, and I don't think, I don't think you went into the theater thinking that's what you're going to see, but I saw it as clear as day. The people in that group, they do love each other. They do. And you wouldn't think that bears and bees and the other, frankly, disgusting things that they do. This movie's not for kids. It's very vulgar and very hard to watch, actually, at some points. It makes you uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm sure in real, in seeing it in person, like the other actors did in the film, live on the set, I'm sure they were extremely uncomfortable and worried for their friends. But it makes you such a better person. And so so much more aware of those around you and you're working with. And then after that, you can create something better. And I think that's just kind of been the snowball effect for 20 years. And that's something really impressive. And so I give a lot of kudos to those guys who are doing it for 22 years. And it might be your favorite content, right? Maybe you're not into the extreme sports or the extreme stunts. But I think everybody can learn a lesson from people doing something difficult and overcoming and seeing themselves improve and the group improve. I think it's really cool. I want to thank you so much for joining us again for this week's episode. I hope you're enjoying these as much as I am, having so much fun coming into the studio every week and talking to you. I can't wait to keep doing this and I hope you'll support me and uh, everything we're doing here in this show. If you have a idea or a movie you'd like to suggest that I watch, I'm going to try to keep it to watching you know, more modern movies, but movies that are coming out. But if you have a movie you want to watch, we do have an Instagram account. It's just Screening for Meaning. Screening for Meaning. Please follow us there. And if you have a suggestion or movie you'd like to see us review, please DM us. Thank you so much for your time today. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. My name is Cal McNally, and this has been Screening for Meaning.